When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. In your toughest time, messages of hope can inspire you with real stories of hope and provide practical tools to get you through. To learn more, go to messagesofhope.org.au. On SEN, the captain's run with Kane Corns. Yeah, if you're just joining us, the big news uh, that has just come to hand, breaking right now, is that Hawthorne have announced that Ben McAvoy will captain the footy club after a, what they're calling an exhausting process, which has been facilitated by um, leading teams, which is the leadership consultancy group that's done work with well, a lot of AFL clubs probably since the late 90s, and they've had a couple of since at Hawthorne. So McAvoy's going to captain the club. Uh, Jago Ramirez is going to be the vice-captain. What I do like out of it is the one-captain, one-vice-captain model. Um, I think that's the way to go. There's a six-person leadership group. James Warple has been uh, added to that group, and continuing their roles is Shields, Gunston, Mitchell to round out the leadership group at the Hawks. I want to take your calls, Hawks fans. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. I'm I'm really shocked by that decision. He turns thirty two uh, in July this year, and I understand the um, well. I guess it's a bit confusing when you've got your two biggest candidates. I would have thought Gunston and Sicily were the obvious choices, um, but they're injured, so that did make it a little bit complicated. But yeah, if you had given me ten guesses for the Hawthorne captain prior to when these sort of murmuring started and they voted, uh, Ben McAvoy wouldn't have been in the top 10. But um, what's your thoughts, Hawks fans? Let us know. Wet in Melbourne today. Absolutely teeming down. So if you're on the roads, um, drive carefully um, and look after yourself. Hey, the, the squad to tour South Africa, it's happening next month. It's a, a really important series. That goes without saying on the back of what happened um, at the Gabba in the fourth test match there where the Aussies lost what I thought was the unlosable test match. The squad's out and there's been some big additions and there's been some big exclusions. Who better to take us through it than Channel 7's Trent Copeland? Uh, Trent, thanks for your time, buddy. No worries. Pleasure to be here. Now, thank you. I know you're on baby duty as well, but you've managed to sneak <laughs> away to give us, give us your time, which we appreciate. How's it going? It's going well, yeah. Uh, he is asleep at present, and that's always a hopeful thought. Um, but no, all's going well at the moment. He's a little legend. Uh, awesome. Uh, you'll love that. So you, you, the squad's released. It may have been, I reckon it was Wednesday that it came out. You're looking through it. Take us through your initial reaction as you're scanning the players that will go to South Africa next month. Uh, two main things to start with. The one was I thought Jai Richardson would be there lay down Mazzara, I thought, to get into that squad with how well he's been bowling, how well he's come back from injury. He, since that point, though, he's come out and said that he has no issues with it. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised he doesn't have an mm. issue with it, but mm. uh, maybe more about his health 
uh, and the recovery from a shoulder injury, having only bowled four overs a game uh, through all this phase of the Big Bash, where he has been bowling well, but he's never had to bowl back-to-back days, huge spells, under fatigue and testing out that shoulder. So um, I think maybe the injury course there was the big one. And then the other one was the exclusion of Matty Wade. Uh, I feel for him. He was a bit of a misser fix-it for us this summer and um, put his hand up to do some tough jobs. Maybe didn't get the best out of himself and got out a few ways where it exposes yourself to being criticised, uh, particularly mm. trying to attack Ashwin at times. But uh, look, I thought, yeah, those are the two standouts for me in terms of uh, something that could have happened in, in Jai Richardson and something that probably I didn't foresee coming in Matty Wade. Uh, so, uh, and I agree with those two, your observations there. What about Alex Carey going as, well, he's going as the backup keeper, clearly, because they've, they've already committed to Tim Payne and they've said that he's the guy leading us forward. So he'll be there for the three tests. So is there a possibility that Carey could play as a standalone batsman similar to what that man, Matthew Wade, has done? Or is he purely there in case of injury? Yeah, I think he could, absolutely. And Australia have shown in recent times, England have been doing it for a long time now. If you're in the best six batters at the time, I mean, we're looking for a number five at present that hasn't Mm. really worked out for us. And even Cameron Green is very new to the number six role. Uh, So I think Alex Carey is definitely in the forefront of the selectors' minds to play test cricket. Um, And certainly in the long run, I think with an eye to post-Ashes, maybe even the Ashes, depending on how things go, uh, that he is the man to maybe take those gloves from Tim Payne. And I think he would absolutely be in the mix for captaincy discussions as well. Uh, It'd be rare in this day and age, particularly in Australian cricket, to debut as a skipper of a test team. But Mm. I think he's the type of character that's um, certainly, in my experience, one of the great blokes and has the trust of all of his teammates. Uh, and he'd really fit in well to the leadership role in the test team as well. His glove work compared to Tim Payne's, I mean, it's, it's tough because we haven't seen Kerry with that pressure um, on you know a fifth-day wicket that's turning and bouncing and staying low. We haven't seen him in that scenario, but how do they compare behind the stump? Yeah, it's a great question. Look, I think in the last four or five seasons, Alex Carey for South Australia has been up there in the dismissals and takes some hangers off the quicks. Now, I mm. can vividly remember seeing you know Dan Worrell, uh, Wes Agar, Chad Sayers and the like nicking guys off and Alex Carey flying across in front of second slip. But you're absolutely right in the sense that um, you know under fatigue, five days, maybe subcontinental conditions type stuff. Uh, wearing wickets at the SCG where you're up close to guys bowling 145 k's an hour. Um, I think Tim Payne, he didn't have his best series with the gloves, make no mistake about that, but he has been and is our best gloveman in the country by a fair way, in my opinion. So I think he is maybe the next cab off the rank in that regard, but uh, Tim Payne's still at the peak of his powers with the gloves. Trent Copeland joining us, uh, doing a great job for Channel 7, of course. Uh, great record as an Aussie quick as well. Um, some other things I, I want to chat to you about. So I see some players under pressure and some big names. Like it, it's what happens. The pressure comes with the scrutiny that is that of playing for your country. And there's some big names, as I said, that need a big series. Nathan Lyon, Mitch Stark, probably two of those. Is that fair? Uh, I think it's fair given the lofty standards that we set and, and that they set for each other. 
um, their career records dictate. Uh, I totally agree. And, you know, in a footy sense, it'd be like, you know, Pat Dangerfield going mm. seven games in a row without getting 10 possessions. You know, mm. it, it would it would be normal for some, but for the guys at the peak of their powers, it's just not up to their standards. So, yeah, I agree. Um, Mitchell Stark's gone in for scans this week on his knees um, to potentially see if he's able to play for the Sixers. Um, maybe not this weekend, but in the finals race for them. Uh, and then, obviously, that test series on whether he's going to be good to go for that. But he's got 250 wickets at a ridiculous strike rate in test cricket. Nathan Lyon, his record speaks for itself as well. Uh, look, I don't think they're under pressure for their spot in the team, but mm. I think they're under pressure internally to deliver results on day five in particular. Uh, and I think that goes for the whole bowling unit. And largely, what came out of these test matches that got overlooked in my opinion, was the lack of run scoring was what delivered these day five troubles for Australia. So, yes, the bowlers didn't close out the job, but the runs weren't on the board to be able to dictate. And before we let you go, Trent, I noticed Marcus Harris has been included in the squad. Do you foresee a change in the batting position of Will Pukowski? Will he be shuffled down the order, do you think? No, I don't. I actually think uh, he will be the backup opener. Pukowski will open given fitness is okay with that shoulder mm. um i think that's purely there as a you know spare top three batter um what i actually think will happen is we see potentially moses enriquez come into the side in number five uh, maybe even travis head back into that lineup um he was dropped uh and then maybe you know should have been given an opportunity in that last test in my opinion it, had i had the chance it, it would have been you know Potentially weight at the top of the order with Trav Head, who's an established player averaging 40 at test level, coming in at number five for a decider rather than having to have the specialist opener um, in Marcus Harris. So that's just my thoughts. I think Moses Enriquez has been dominant at shield level for a long time. A lot of people see him as only an all-rounder given that he does bowl, but he's been one of the best batters in the country for a long time. So I think he's well-suited to South African conditions uh, takes the game on and throws the counter-attack back at the bowling groups where, against that South African quality bowling lineup, we're going to need guys that do that. So that's just a few of my thoughts on that middle-order spot. And we appreciate it, mate. It's going to be an enthralling series, one we can't wait for. Let's get back to dad duties, but uh, we appreciate your insights this morning. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, mate. Uh, he's a ripper um, and really did enjoy his insights on Channel 7 and makes sense of... G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.